Podcasts from the Cat. Voices and sounds from Crew and Nantwich. Today we're talking to the managing director of a well-established and successful business centre rurally located in the grounds of Combermere Abbey and on the border of Cheshire and Shropshire. Uh, Parkview Business Centre is now 10 years old and the management team have great plans to take it forward over the next 10 years. On Business Brunch today, we're pleased to welcome the leader of that team, Peter Beckett. Peter, welcome to the cat. Thank you very much. Good morning. Peter, um, prior to your current position, you were employed in the financial sector in quite a different job. So, Share with us what the work entailed and, and what made you decide to change course completely and manage Parkview Business Centre? Okay. Well, w- working in, in the corporate world, which I'd been doing for about 25 years, but most latterly 11 years at MBNA, um, I was involved with sort of large teams of people and you know, a corporate ethos. Um, having done 11 years at MBNA, there was time for a new challenge and things were shifting dramatically as the company was being sold off to Bank of America at the time. And uh, we had a situation where we had some redundant farm buildings, which we needed to do something with. And as a result, I thought it was uh, the right time to jump ship, make that change happen and take on a new challenge. So was this was this advertised in an executive um, agency, no. or was it something no. that you pursued? We, uh, we, we actually owned the, the farm buildings ourselves, um, but the way dairy farming was changing, we'd made a decision to come out of milk production, and uh, we needed to find an alternative use for the lovely traditional red brick Cheshire buildings. And, and what would you say were, were your most important transferable skills in running the, the business centre? Well, first of all, we had to set it up. So um, that required all the building conversions, which I took on as the main contractor. And we decided to do it in a phased approach as opposed to all in one go. And uh, we've just recently completed phase seven. Um, But the transferable skill most important was to um, be highly organized and uh, good at project managing. Those skills clearly you you gained whilst you were working in, in corporate finance. What what other skills do you think are necessary to to run a successful business? Most importantly is keep your team motivated uh, and listen to your customer. Those are the two things I'd say. Um, And then also have a degree of flexibility and always think that there is a solution to any issue or challenge that comes up. Um, Because there always is. It just takes a bit of creative thinking to come up with um, a way of addressing a, a situation. Most people starting a business would say it was the most important decision uh, in their life other than perhaps buying, uh, buying a home. How did, how did you feel about that? Is, is that something that came naturally to you or, or did you feel it was a, a, a bridge to cross? I think it's always very demanding on an individual to um, address change because as animals of habit, we enjoy to a certain degree a level of routine. That said, um, you know, I welcome the opportunity to do something completely different. And I suppose the, the big um, shift for me was to be working with buildings and starting up my own business and breathing new life into repurposed structures. And to do that um, based uh, on buildings that we owned and to therefore give them a, a new lease of life. Okay, so a Park View is no ordinary business centre as um, right from the very beginning you you were offering extremely fast broadband. 
which is clearly vital in, in today's global marketplace. So tell us about the benefits of locating your business at Parkview. Okay, I'd say there's about three or four, but um, in a nutshell, um, the rural location gives people a fantastic sort of quality of life in terms of um, a, a, a relatively easy commute, free car parking when they get here, and then um, a good place to be based to have focused, motivated teams of people. And that's because there aren't distractions going on outside of, of the building. Um, and we've gone one step further now by introducing a cafe on site as well as an on-site gym. So it's, it's looking at the whole sort of working uh, um, environment holistically. Um, the second thing is the level of uh, support services we provide through our reception. And um, you know, what we want to do is to help businesses coming to us as much as we can for them to run their own business successfully and not necessarily get embroiled in actually running the day-to-day operations of their business. And so in that way, our receptionist and myself are, are always on hand to try and make sure things run smoothly. And uh, as we were discussing before we started the interview, I, I've i driven past Parkview many times on, on the way to work, and I, I can't fail to notice that the speed of the broadband, and I'm sure that everybody else that drives past that's in business will notice it as well. So that must be clearly one of the big draws to businesses located. Yes, and I almost assumed that sort of um, you were aware of that, but perhaps your other listeners weren't. Um, It was a big investment at the time, and it certainly set us up well. And essentially, as COVID has shown, as long as you've got a telephone and a good broadband connection, you can be located anywhere to um, operate from a working point of view. Um, I think in in addition to the broadband, which is a given that's just necessary to have, um, there's also just the the, the feel of the offices, the environment that you're in uh, is equally as important to have people who enjoy going to work rather than trudging into a city centre. So along with the, the broadband, presumably you've got all the other, a raft of other technology that helps people run their businesses. We do. And when we were converting the buildings, one of the most important things was to get all of the electronics and the telecommunications set up from scratch uh, the right way. So if somebody decides to come and join our offices, then uh, we can literally have them working the following day um, once everything is in place, because we just plug in their computers and uh, the infrastructure's there, we can allocate telephone numbers to them, and then they're good to go. Presumably, you you look at some kind of feedback mechanism so that you know you've got it right, or you can pick up on anything new that needs implementing. That's right. Every um, sort of four to six months, we send out a newsletter to everybody, all the tenants that are here. And uh, within that, we include all the updates on the new things that we're going to be introducing or things that we're thinking of doing and getting and requesting their feedback on those ideas. And um, we always have a suggestions um, prompt so that if people have got other ideas, which are things that we may not have considered, um, they have the ability to come forward with them because we're continually looking ways to improve what we're offering here. And by doing that, I think that gets the involvement of you know, the tenant companies as well as them just being clients of ours. And, and do you ever get, because um, you've been running it 10 years now, do you, do you ever, have you ever reached the stage where you've thought, what else can we do? We must have done everything possible to, um, to make our customers happy and meet needs. Um, 
Yeah, no, we we're, we uh, do continue to think about it. There, there, we've still got some buildings still to work on, and hence why we've got about three more phases of work um, in mind. Um, but quite a lot of things are quite often driven by the market demand. And I think the last year has shifted um, what people are looking for. And therefore, we may be rethinking what our plans could be for the next phase of development. And my ideal situation is that um, we get approached by a company who we can't necessarily accommodate in our current uh, offices. But um, if uh, we think it's a, a good meeting of minds, then there's always the opportunity to design or um, convert another building uh, to suit their particular purposes. And we have done that on a couple of occasions. Today, we're talking to Peter Beckett, the Managing Director of Parkview Business Centre near Combermere Abbey. Uh, Peter, according to your website, the original conversion of Parkview uh, incorporated an eco-friendly design with renewable energies uh, and it's your intention to develop, uh, to your credit, a zero carbon footprint. So in a world challenged by excessive waste and global warming, talk us through the changes you've made in order to achieve your net zero target. Okay. Um, every time we do another phase of work to introduce a converted building, we look at um, the materials that we're using. So things like sheets, wool insulation, something that we've used a lot of. How we then heat the building is, again, from a renewable point of view, something we look at very closely. And to date, we've now installed, I think it's uh, seven air source heat pumps um, as a way of you know, keeping everybody warm in winter. And uh, most recently, we've introduced um, a 100-kilowatt um, array of solar PV panels um, on one of the buildings um, as a way of helping to make us more um, self-sufficient with our electricity. I suppose the, the last thing, which is more altruistic, and this what keeps me busy at weekends, is planting trees. So I have a personal goal of planting 100 trees every year um, around the site to help uh, keep our trees um, a prominent uh, characteristic of the countryside. So what would some of the, the issues be in, in converting, say, an old barn? In, and I, I noticed on the website that you, you said you tried to keep the original materials where possible. Yeah. So the original woodwork, um, which yes. presumably was oak. What what are the issues that present themselves when you're trying to um, refurbish a place? Um, well, it's always a balance between um, cost, how much it, you know, it's going to take to uh, turn a building from one thing into another, and also the ideal you're, you're aiming for. Um, I suppose all buildings these days have now got to be insulated as well as possible. And um, we were very keen to still retain the character of the buildings, both outside and inside. So we just didn't want to create lots of uh, little white boxes for off. So we've exposed all the beams, they've all been shot blasted, and we've kept the walls bare brick, which everybody seems to love when they come here. And um, in order to keep the walls bare brick, we then had to double insulate the ceilings in order to compensate for um, the different U values of the walls. So it, it's thinking through the challenges and coming up with solutions that everybody's happy with. And presumably those walls will be solid walls, wouldn't they? There'll be no they ca are, cavity yeah. in them. Yeah. So did that, that so present we, 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 its we, own we, problem. We can't change that, but we have to work with it. Yeah, and uh, there's no easy way around it, like you say. Uh, how close are you to, um, to that target then? 
Oh, the carbon zero? Yeah. I would say we're probably 85 to 90% there. And the remaining work will be when it comes to the next phases of work. So things that we're looking at will be rainwater harvesting so that we collect all of our rainwater in order to drive all, all the loos on site. So you know, it, it's bit, bit by bit and trying to be imaginative and inclusive for all of the things that you say which are, are coming to the fore. Peter, coronavirus has, has left an indelible mark on the world and more specifically has changed the way business is conducted for for many sectors. So share with us how it has affected Parkview and what changes you've introduced to, to mitigate the current circumstances. Okay, um, I'd say that there are two uh, major things that we're looking at um, or have introduced. The first is introducing more flexible terms to some of our offices and therefore allowing people to take co-shared spaces um, uh, which we have set up so that people can literally come for a day, rent a desk and then disappear after they've done what they needed to do. But to use that space on a needs basis as opposed to having a space dedicated just for themselves the whole time. We've had some reasonable take up of that and it's something which is very prevalent and gaining traction in city centres. Um, but as far as I know, there aren't so many people offering the flexible terms of the co-shared space in the, the rural environment. And then the second aspect is um, we're actually reopening our cafe today after having had it closed for five months. And um, we've taken another hard look about the produce we're using and what we're offering. Um, within that environment and how we make it um, just as successful post-COVID as it was becoming pre-COVID. Um, we only launched in October 2019 and then since then we've uh, probably been closed for double the amount of time that we were actually open for. But um, it's an exciting time to be offering good facilities in a rural environment and at a high standard. And something that would have come in really handy, I would have thought, during lockdown would have been the, the virtual office. And that, uh, I understand that that's a service you also offer. Yes. We, we, funny enough, we've been running the virtual office for quite some time because um, a number of people just want to have a business address um, for where their post can be sent to uh, or even a telephone number where we can help handle calls. Um, but I think the, the big shift to, to my mind is the co-shared flexi office space. We've had a couple of inquiries for some remote address locations for uh, their businesses, and that is a reflection, I think, that in the last 12 months, those people who have found themselves um, in a different work circumstance are looking at setting up their own business, and we're a, a good platform from which to help them get things going. So does it look like you're going to be in a better place soon with, with more, of, more of the buildings let? I hope so. Um, yeah, we, we had just one space available um, to rent at the beginning of COVID. There have been some casualties along the way, and the phone was very quiet over the last uh, 12 months. However, I'd say in the recent uh, four weeks, we've definitely noticed uh, the number of inquiries starting to pick up again, which is a, a big relief because you know, the, the, the closer we can be to 100% occupancy, the better. You're listening to a podcast from The Cat. Today's guest is Peter Beckett, the Managing Director of Parkview Business Centre, situated on the border between Shropshire and Cheshire. 
Peter, marketing isn't rocket science, uh, but it does require constant activity, focus, and with the current rate of changing technology, a budget that will allow you to exploit these changes. So talk us through how you reach out to new customers and, um, and how you measure the effectiveness of your marketing. Okay, I think you're absolutely right. It's a, a forever changing uh, situation and it's something you just need to be consistent and persistent at. Um, our most recent introduction has been identifying a, a digital marketing intern to help us with our online activity. And um, it's something which I only partially understand, um, but we have set up a relationship um, with this particular individual and they're going to look after how we get our messages across via LinkedIn and Instagram in particular. It, it's quite an eye-opener as far as I'm concerned and um, the ability to get the message across to people that we wouldn't otherwise have done so through traditional media um, is always something that um, we've uh, tried to find ways to get better at. We still do rely heavily on things like our roadside sign, which is probably the, the most um, productive form of uh, advertising. And we have a continual um, sort of PR campaign whenever we have a good news story to tell about the next development on site. So it's a combination of all these sort of marketing channels consistently hammering home the, the same message, which is we can provide great value rural offices to support SMA business, SME businesses based in the South Cheshire, North Shropshire region. And do you think that you could you could do that without all of the modern technology, just using traditional marketing? No, not really. I think um, we would soon lose out to everybody else that, that was using modern technology. So it's, it's not an option. It, it's something that uh, has to be embraced. And by embracing the, uh, that technology um, and doing it well, hopefully people pick up on the messages. Presumably the, um, the intern that you've uh, recently hired will help you use all the, the measurement tools that are available uh, when you're using modern technology. Yeah, the, the measurement tools for our business really are fine and you know, getting our analytics figures through is encouraging at one level. Um, at the end of the day, like a lot of businesses though, it's you know, what actually ends up coming through the door and who ends up taking space is the ultimate test in, or test of the result. Um, of the activity we've been carrying out. And I, the, the other thing which I'd always say, which is probably the most crucial thing, is word-of-mouth recommendations from our existing tenants. That's you know, the, the most important thing, because if we've got happy tenants, they'll be able to tell their network of contacts, and um, so the word will get out. I think the, the additional advantage we have now with our cafe is that we're also getting people coming to visit the site who aren't necessarily business tenants, but people who live in and around the area. And we've approached the cafe in a way to surprise people when they get here, um, because it's probably not what they're expecting when they walk in through the door, and then to ensure that they leave having had a really good experience of the delicious food, coffee and drink that we can offer. Yes, there's nothing like a little bribery. To, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's one of those things, once you get people to cite and they, they see the level to which things are delivered, um, that, then they, they, they get it. Yeah, I wasn't going to ask you your conversion rate, but, but presumably <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> you're, um, once you get people on site, uh, it's a bit like the puppy dog syndrome. 
Yes. You don't want to put it and down. Actually, you mentioned puppy dogs. That, that's a, another good selling point that we have is that we, are, we offer dog-friendly offices and a dog-friendly cafe. So people who do want to come for a walk and uh, have their dog with them, um, then they're, they're just as welcome sort of in and around our buildings as they are in, in the, the woods. Uh, and actually, on that note, also today, we're opening our Bluebell Walks. Previously, uh, on the Cumberland Estate, we've just done one day in the spring, which has always been um, tricky because we've had to set the date a long time in advance. And depending on the weather leading up to that date, the Bluebells are either over, not quite out, or bang on in full bloom. This year, we're going to change that and uh, give people the opportunity to come and walk through the woods with the bluebells at their various stages and to do so over a five-week period starting today. Um, and we'll be doing those on Wednesdays, Thursdays and Sundays. Well, definitely not to be missed. No, and uh, not to be missed, but also they have to be pre-booked. Um, because of COVID, we're doing things under a controlled um, environment. So people need to go online to Cumbermere Abbey what's on and they'll see um, how they can then book online get their slot and then be able to turn up peter you've you've already alluded to happy customers um and it's no secret that happy customers generally tend to be loyal customers so uh, and your whole team needs to be on board if in order to deliver outstanding customer service so uh, share with us what systems you have in place to ensure that uh, you continue to exceed customer expectations. We seek as much feedback from people as possible. As and when companies do choose to leave us, um, we like to sit down with them and find out what's worked well for them while they've been here and what hasn't, because learning by mistakes or by um, their own experiences, we can learn and hopefully then change what we're doing if it's something within our control. Um, I'd say on the majority of people who do leave us, unfortunately, it's because they've either grown too big or their business circumstances have altered that they've either needed to relocate to another place closer to where they live or where their, their business has taken them. We only take companies up to a certain size. So if a company has been successful in growing itself with us, and gets to beyond 20 people, we, we won't give them any more space because from my point of view, I'm putting too many eggs in one basket then. So we're very much keeping our focus on the smaller businesses in terms of people numbers. The other thing is, you know, I've got a fantastic team around me and they see um, our tenants every day, they talk to them and by having open channels of communication, we hear what people are experiencing, what they want to do, um, to make things better and um, how we can then support them in what they're doing. And do you have then, si similar meetings with staff to ensure, just to get their yeah, input? We do. Um, you know, my office itself is also up at Parkview, so um, there's four of us in and around the place um, being able to speak to people, see them, make sure they're happy and to you know, keep the to-do list um, well and truly uh, uh, on top of because there's there's always things that need to be addressed um, ranging from you know, small irritations to some fairly major things that need to be fixed. Today's guest is Peter Beckett, the Managing Director of Parkview Business Centre. I remember coming to one of the first networking meetings, Peter, designed to, to launch Parkview Business Centre and, and since then there's been considerable change and, and, and uh, many improvements for your customers. So in an uncertain time, as it is for most businesses, 
you still have further exciting changes in the pipeline for Parkview. So share with us the next three phases planned for the business centre. Um, the first one would probably be a few more offices, um, building on what we've currently developed. Um, curiously, because of what's happened with COVID, we will probably look at doing smaller offices rather than the bigger offices. Um, large offices are great to have, but they're always much harder to let. And I think the, the working environment now is such that people will be looking to be in smaller huddles of um, teams and uh, not in large you know, corporate or um, uh, big groups of people. So that's the first thing. The second thing is we want to develop some warehouse storage space that we've got. And um, I'm looking for any companies that might be interested in taking that storage space. And we may well indeed introduce our own self-storage um, as part of that offering. I think as people fill up their garages to a point where they can't put any more in, um, they're always looking for somewhere else to either empty their garage and then use their garage for their car, or um, they just accumulate too many things that uh, they don't have space for it in their own homes. Um, that's from a domestic point of view. Um, also, businesses quite often have to keep records for a long amount of time, and rather than take up valuable office space, it's always better to have those things stored off-site somewhere. But that's work in progress. And then probably the, the, the last thing which is... Uh, to be debated is we, we may even look at uh, going and having some residential aspect on the site um, on the park side of the footprint that we have here and uh, but that's, that's, a, that's a big investment and a big decision and, and one we we'll probably do in partnership uh, with another company that's an expert in that field. And on your website I did notice that in order to help you achieve your, your net zero target that you're also having charging points for electric cars fitted. That's right, yes. We've introduced our first one, and um, I'm delighted to say, actually, it's had a lot of usage. Um, and uh, it was installed at the same time that we put in the big solar panel um, array. And um, I've been actually quite surprised by how many people have uh, plugged into it. Um, they're all tenants who have decided to make their change to how they run their car and um, it's good to be able to give them that ability to charge up their car once they get to work. And I think um, as demand increases, we may have to introduce a few more. Well, I, I certainly think, uh, I mean, if the government's on track to stop the sale of diesel cars and stop the manufacturing of diesel and petrol engines in 2030, you'll need a whole lot more, won't you? Yeah, well, definitely. I think you know, if you look at all the statistics, there aren't enough charging points to um, cope with the volume of people shifting from diesel or petrol to electricity. And it's one of those things, it, it'll gather its own momentum. And you know, in 10 years' time, we probably look back and won't believe that uh, we used to run cars on petrol. Obviously, as a supplier of the electricity, will that place a big strain on you as a customer to the electricity company? No, hopefully not, because we've got our own electricity being generated by the PV panels um, that we introduced just before Christmas. And you're going to increase those, uh, the number of those panels, so... Yeah, well, at the moment, we, we can't take it any, any further. Um, there's a limitation for the, um, how many powers you can have feeding into a particular substation of the, the, the main suppliers. So um, we, we've hit that limit at the moment. Um, 
but you know, never say never, things change, and I suspect the electricity companies are working hard to also work out how on earth they're going to be able to support the hundreds of thousands of cars on our roads as they all shift to electricity. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's a big, <laughs> that's presenting a big problem to them. Well, it's a big problem and also a great opportunity for them. <laughs> oh, yes, it, it is. It is a great opportunity, there's no doubt. But I think um, there'll be a lot of pressure on them to produce yeah. greener energy. Without, without doubt. Yeah. Over the years, uh, I've been interviewing business leaders, Peter. I've been amazed and impressed by the number of local businesses who support our charities, our junior sports clubs uh, and community projects and uh, to add to my list, you, you're a sponsor of the Audlum Wheelie Boat. So, Peter, tell us about the Wheelie Boat Trust and, and why you feel it's important to make these community links. I think it's very important to feel you're giving back to the local community in which you sit. And you know, the Wheelie Boat Project in itself um, is a, a very small local charity operating a... Um, a boat service between the marina um, behind Cool Pilot and Audlum. And it enables people with disabilities, both children and adults, to have days out on the canal. And um, I just think it's, it's, a, it's a lovely thing to be able to offer. Um, I actually met the man who um, set up the, the idea called Rodney Cottrell, who sadly died last year. But he was the most amazing, enthusiastic and lovely man and it was really through his charm and personal energy that I thought, well, this is something that um, we definitely need to uh, get behind and, and in our own small way, um, help them, help others to have a better life. And, uh, and really, we, you should be applauded for that, along with all the other business people that support the community. The other things that we do do is you know, the Macmillan you know, Coffee Morning. We've done that in the past, and that's also a great way of getting our tenants together. Um, over a morning to have tea and coffee together because I think one of the things that people who run their own businesses um, if they're just in an office with one or two people it can be quite a lonely existence and so by meeting other people within the business center um, that helps to create the community um, locally um, at Parkview and um, it's amazing how different cross businesses or cross referencing of businesses starts to happen once people realize who else is working on the site here. Uh, nothing more positive than a little bit of networking. Exactly. Peter, it's been a real pleasure talking to you today about, um, about Parkview and hearing the plans that you've got to, um, to ensure that you're on target to meet zero carbon footprint. So I'm sure you'll be the envy of a lot of uh, business uh, people listening. Should any of our listeners want to contact you, where can they find more information about Parkview Business Centre? Um, we have our website, which is parkviewbusinesscentre.co.uk, so as it sounds. Um, they can uh, then just phone us up and we'd be more than happy to show people around. Um, or they could come to the cafe, which is open um, on the Wednesdays, Thursdays and Sundays during April. And uh, they could combine that with you know, joining our Bluebell Walk through the woods as long as they pre-book a ticket on cumbermereabbey.co.uk forward slash what's hyphen on forward slash and then that will give, give them all the information um, but we're more than welcome to you know, show people what we've done and um, to see if we can help them build their own businesses 
Certainly. Do go on the website and have a look. And uh, and if you've got time, take up the offer of the uh, Bluebell Walk. Peter, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. And thank you for giving up your time this morning and coming on the cat. No, thank you very much for the opportunity. It's been a pleasure, as always, talking to you and your listeners. Go to listen.thisisthecat.com for more podcasts and more ways to listen.